0: You are about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikenna Okeke and be blessed. We looked at uh, John chapter 6 and we took the text of the feeding of the multitude. Interestingly, this is one of those miracles that our Lord Jesus walked that all the gospels recorded. And interestingly, this is one miracle also that he worked that was repeated So in one, he fed 5,000 men, not counting women and children. In another one, he fed 4,000. Now, there are interesting things about this miracle which I want us to look at tonight and trust that the Holy Spirit will help us. Some of them I've not fully understood it, but let's start with John chapter 6 now. In John chapter 6, which we took our text from, we stopped, I believe, in uh, verse 12, where it says, so when they were filled... He said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Now, if you come down to verse 24, actually I can begin from 22. Okay, from 22 of John chapter 6, I read, On the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except that one which his disciples had entered, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. 24. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. If you have your Bibles, you can underline that seeking Jesus. 25 says, And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? 26. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Now I'm back to 26. See what what I want us to look at. It says... Most assuredly I say to you, you seek me true, but not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Now I don't know what is the difference between they knew the bread they ate was miraculous. Didn't they know? That's why they were seeking him. He didn't have a bread factory. Okay. But our Lord Jesus is saying something here. He said, You're seeking me true. But you did not see the sign. You're seeking me just because you ate the loaves. I don't know if anybody can help us. What is the difference? Because it was important. He said, you seek me. Yes. Why are some of these things very important for us to look at? Because we are the ones in the story now. We are the ones in the story. Praise God. You know, you can read the Bible two ways. You can read the Bible as an examiner marking student script. So we can read the Bible and say, look at Adam and Eve. Look at what they did. See the trouble they put us in. You can look at it and say, ah, look at Peter. He denied Jesus. Look at, look at. You're reading it as an examiner. But you can also read it as a student who is preparing. We know the way you look at past question papers. So you can also read it as a student who is preparing for his own exam. So when you read it, anything that you see that happens there, you try to find out. How you can learn from it because you know the questions are basically the same principles, but they twist a few things so that in your own time it will not trap you. So looking at this, he said, "You seek me is like saying you come to church. Praise God. You pray. You do all those things, but it says not because you saw the sign, because you ate the loaves and were few. What says that? Anybody? What do you think? Oh, I mean, maybe I you, you know meditated on that before. Because initially, I used to think that he just said, you seek me because you ate loaves. But no, he's differentiating two different things. He's differentiating two different things. Let's see the other one. Come with me to Matthew 16. I think that's why this experience was recorded by the four Gospels. There were so many things there. Now, in Matthew chapter 15, verse 32 This account we looked at in John 6 was repeated, feeding of the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. Let's leave that. Matthew 16. In Matthew 16 verse 5, something interesting happens there. Matthew 16 verse 5, I read, Now when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, O ye of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember? Those two words don't say the same thing. Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up, nor the seven loaves of the 4,000? And how many large baskets you took up? How is it you do not understand that I do not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees? Now, the point I wanted to make here is this. The two previous uh, chapters of Matthew, in Matthew 14 and Matthew 15, we have Jesus feeding first the 5,000 and second the 4,000. And then these people now are still forgetting The second part, he said, do you not yet understand or remember? How can you experience feeding of 5,000 with five loaves and two fish? And then feeding of 4,000 with seven loaves and uh, how many fish? And then not remember? Praise the Lord. Are we getting what I'm saying? If you go to Matthew 14, Jesus fed the 5,000. In the 15, he fed the 4,000. Then in 16, he says to them, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And they said, It's because we took no bread. What do you think? This one should be very simple now. At least the first one, they remember part. You see, the Bible says, parable of the kingdom. Say they saw I went out to sow, isn't it? And as they sowed, they said some fell by the wayside. And what happened? He said, The birds of the air. He said, Who is the bed of the He said Satan. Why is it easier to remember troubles than triumphs? Why is it easy to remember something when you don't need it? These people had experienced two major miracles of insufficient bread becoming more than enough and baskets carried. That's why Lord Jesus answered them with details. The first one how many baskets did you carry? The second one, how many large baskets did you carry? How can it be a major issue that you don't have bread? We look at them now. Sars and Mars, it means in the little experience you've had as a Christian, there are some things that should never worry you. With what God has done in the last chapter of your life, and in the last two chapters, if you remember them, there are some things that should never give you sleepless nights. But you see, we read the Bible and you don't understand I mean, uh, Jesus said to them, how can you think that? How can you think bread problem? So let me have people who will tell me what they all of a sudden will never bother about again. By experience, by encounter, by his faithfulness. At this time, the disciples should know bread matter is no matter. Praise the Lord. It can never be an issue. Like, you know, um, I think it's Kingsley kid that will say, he says it's not a prayer point. There are some things that shouldn't be prayer point again. By reason of your own personal, he said to them, don't you remember, let's live. understand, we'll get to understand. Don't you remember, at least remember. Ah, David said, he's the one who delivered the beer into my hands. He's the one who delivered the lion. That's remembering. He said the same way what? This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. That's remembrance. But how often do we get into situations and we don't remember at all? The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to us. The pulling down of strongholds and casting down of imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. It means the knowledge of Christ is there. But something what? Is trying to overshadow it. And oftentimes those things are called reality. The pain is there. The time is there. I need this deadline. It has to happen. And your heart is beating. But you know how God over and over had come in time before then. So why should your heart be? Why shouldn't you be boasting, calling people? I may not know how. I may not know, but he would. Praise the Lord. So what do we score these disciples in this test? Bread. You fed the multitude, carried baskets, and then you're still saying Jesus is worrying about bread. It cannot be now. It cannot be. So what are you worrying about this evening? What is your worry? Can you look at last chapter? Can you look at your last chapter, your last two chapters? Can Jesus say to you, "Haba, Mr. Man, Abba, my daughter, can't you remember? Can't you remember? Praise the Lord. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Taking it further now, he said, do you not understand? So still this matches with the other one that we looked at where he said, didn't you, or rather, you're following me, not because of the bread. These people, at least, they ate. The next day, they remember they ate. They came for more food. So, there is a sign, and then there is a satisfaction. Let's begin to break that down now. Let's go back. We're going to come back to this Matthew. We're going to come back to Matthew. Praise the Lord. This kingdom key. King, so we want to just go and beat them. It says to them in 27, John 6, 27, He said, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life. These people sought him. And all that was in their heart was, today we will eat. Today we will do what? We will eat. And if you read that account to the end, it was that day that he now said, today you're going to eat, but you're going to eat suya. That's not what he said. He said, the meat you eat now is my flesh. And the one you're going to drink today is what? Is my blood. Ah, at that point, they say, my kids, don't knock. Bad my kids, thank you. That's the problem. Because all they knew was their experience. As long as a Christian, your experience leads you. You can never get anywhere. The Christian must be led by the word of God. By the word of God. It says, I've desired your word more than what? My necessary food. It's not it happened. Some people say, If they happen there, if they happen there should not lead you. What should lead you is what does the word of God say? Because only the word abides forever. What they happen, you can catch it as you're going, you won't see it again. And you can catch it. And you think five demons have gone. Before you know it, you have legions. But it happened though. The word of God is life. Jesus said to them, you're seeking me is a good thing. But how I wish you were seeking me for the things that cannot be taken from you. The food they ate the previous day, they must have gotten hungry by the second day. And many of us base our Christian experience on that. So you find a lot of people. I don't blame them. Maybe that's their calling. But you find a lot of ministries built. They are doing programs. You will marry. You will get pregnant. You will get after you get pregnant. Like our brother said, after you get pregnant and have child, there are issues. Do you understand? After you marry, there will be issues. Do you understand? No matter what need they meet today, tomorrow there will be another need. Next tomorrow, there will be another need. Needs will never finish. Praise God. If your Christianity is at the level of need, you will not find the eternal life. But if you find the eternal life, you will live over and beyond needs. Praise the Lord. So he said, you're not seeking me because you saw the sign. What is our Lord Jesus Christ saying? He said, that miracle, I wanted to show you a sign. It wasn't to feed your stomach. Feeding of your stomach was a byproduct. The main thing I showed there was that I am the bread of life. If you follow me, the Bible says, he looked at them. He had compassion that they had followed him three days and had not eaten. They did not make a request to him. So he was proving to them the scripture that says, Matthew 6, 31 down. It says, after all these things, the Gentiles seek, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what? These other things shall be added. So the lesson they should have learned was that it never hurts to put him first. The sign was God is more than enough. God is enough. God cares about you. God knows about you. You proceeded from him. You come back to him like we're learning tonight. Nothing will be missing. The songwriter signed dependable. Reliable. He said, I've not said to the seed of Jacob to seek me in vain. He said, there was a sign there. One of the signs is you can't follow me. Nobody. The psalmist said, I've been young. And then I'm old. I've never seen what? Mm-mm. It's not possible. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen it sit back. I've never seen it proven or established that it's unprofitable, unwise to serve God. That's what he said. That It was a sight. I, how I wish you were seeking me because you had seen that wise men still seek Jesus. But you were seeking me because hungry men are looking for bread to eat. And that's why he brought that dimension to them. And the Bible says, all of them left. If you read that story, you know, I think in verse uh, 70 something, that was when Peter said, to whom shall we go? For what? You have the words." That's why they were to seek him. But all the bread people left. 4,000, 5,000 in this case, not counting women and children. That's why at Pentecost there were only 120 people. You see, when people come to Christianity and obsess, I desire miracles. But you see, I'm not excited at spectacular miracles. Miracles happen. Pastor Chris has experienced a miracle. Our sister experienced a miracle. They don't have to be spectacular. Don't forget that when Jesus walked on water, he could have walked in the midday, but he walked in the midnight. Have you ever wondered at that? Imagine if the Pharisees and Sadducees saw him walking on water. They wouldn't even be able to crucify him. They see the wave. He'll just All of them would have bowed. <laughs> but God is not so much in the spectacular. But many Christians are taken up by the spectacular. And that's an area the devil has a one. Because in that area, he's been allowed to do things. But God wants you to see a sign. We're following this man because he was teaching us. And then all of a sudden, we heard an announcement, sit down. All of us were hungry, but what he was teaching was so engaging that we didn't, want, we didn't know where to push the thought of food out of our mind. We just wanted to be with him. And then we heard an announcement. Some people had left trying to go and find food. But those of us who sat down realized that at his feet, there is great provision. That's a sign. That's a sign. Isaiah 40, 31. 30 says, even the young men shall fall. But 31 says, but those who wait upon the Lord, those who sat down, those who sat down, sat down where? In front of a bakery? No. You know, when we say some of this, sat down where? They say your own is too much. How will you make it in this organization? We want to chop money. You won't follow us to chop. We want to cut corners. You won't follow. us. How will you make it? You're sitting down. A so-called wilderness. But the master's eye is on you. Those were the signs. Those were the signs they were to see. Jehovah Jireh is our provider. He says the young lions. Do you know lions starve to death? They are the number one hunters, Abby. They are the top on the food chain, Abby. But they stopped today. The psalmist said the young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. You can't walk harder than a lion. Are we saying be lazy? No, we're saying be obedient. Many people are disobedient because they're working hard. That's foolishness. We're not saying be lazy. We're saying be obedient because God can send you to run. But don't run when he says to sit. The last time we looked at that message of John 6. The Lord said, many people the instruction sit down was a test. 3 days no food in the wilderness. Everybody is running so that they will meet the first kiosk that is selling bread before the rest come. It takes faith to sit and you're looking at the man who is selling to sit. You can't see any container beside him where he's going to bring out bread. And he says, sit, I'm going to feed you. And you're looking around. People are whispering, where's the food, where's the food? They say, ah, there's one boy with lunchbox there. That's the food. Some people who were sitting will get up and start going. Do you understand what we're saying? Some people have come to churches and they look around. When they call Freedom Fellowship, they look at all the boys. This one, uh, uh, welder. This one, uh, taxi driver. No, my husband cannot be here. I won't even join. And if they join, they say, I'm just doing this thing to just honor God. Freedom Fellowship, let's meet. Listen, the word of God is simple. God knows where he said he should stay. They sent the prophet to Brookcherry, tabby. Was there any human being there? Was there a restaurant there? What did God do? God sent ravens. You can be in that fellowship. As you're coming out to call over... The person you're calling as Uber might be someone who is doing so. You see, you don't know the wisdom of God. Sit down means sit down. The miracle didn't take place before they sat down. Remember, praise God, they had searched for bread. Andrew said, I have found. What does it mean found? mean I sought. So they had heard amongst the multitude, Master is looking for bread. Maybe they even thought it was an offering. Master is looking for bread. Who has bread? This one says, "I don't have bread. I don't have bread." Finally, they found one small bread. Then, based on that small bread, they say, "Me cannot sit down." And you're sensible. You want to sit down. You have sense. You want to sit down. Sit down. What? Are, you say, nah, "What? What are you waiting for?" He says, "The boy's five loaves and He Say, by the time the master and his disciples finish, what will even remain? Sense will get up and go. These are the things. But when they think what they say, this thing is working. You know? Let's follow him and eat another bread. So he now said, this time around is my flesh you eat. Maybe they should have sat down also. And remember that account says he himself knew what he would do. We made a statement on Sunday that I don't know nobody referred to it, but for me that was the key. There, It says, is a test. Is a test. Man, what you're going through now is a test. What you're going through now is a test. What I'm going through is a test. What you're going through is a test. It's a test. We sing it here like a song. None of us have arrived. Everywhere we are, whether you're going through difficulty or you're going through pleasure, is a test. And you should rejoice if it's a test because if there's test, there's promotion. It means that God hasn't finished. It's a test. You know, I don't know how people reason, but I look at things. I look at this life. And I tell you, I'm so sure God has a heaven. You know why? Brethren, how can God, the omnipotent, omniscient, you know, you see some people that are born blind. You see some people, their legs are like this. Am I better? What did I do in my mother's womb that made my fingers and my eyes and everything to be together? It's my own assignment. These are that testing me. That person that testing, every one of us is a test. A day will come where the books will be opened and they'll call everybody. If the person's test was blindness, you see the person now, the person will be seen. Who sees very well now? you will be seen like Nadal and those ten, tennis people that can see ball anywhere it drops. Everybody will come into their own fullness. But everywhere we are now, on this journey of, on this side of eternity, is a test. That's why Lord Jesus Christ said, don't judge anything here. Who is blessed? No, now the time the bless counts is when he says, "You blessed of the Father, enter into the joy of your Master." That's when now is everybody's assignment. It's like drama. I was in drama group in secondary. School. Drama, they come, they say, "Okay, you act as chief." Is you act as chief? You're not chief. Praise the Lord. At the end of the drama, you become who you were. You know, you might act so well that your friends will be calling you chief, 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 but you're not a chief. After the drama, you're who you are. Praise God. They say, don't try this stunt at home. You watch movies. After the movie, those people, they are normal. They don't jump from airplane. It's just a movie. When it's over, everybody retire. The same thing says, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then we will enter into reality. Where we are now is just test. test. Everything is test. Everything is test. You get married in four years, you have four children. Somebody gets married 15 years, no child. What do you have that they don't have? It's a test. It's a test. Praise the Lord. So our Lord Jesus was hoping, you know, that these people would have caught the messages, the signs. And why do signs benefit us? Signs make us wise for the journey ahead. They prepare us for the journey. In 2 Kings chapter 4, we have the account of the Shunammai woman. That's a woman who understood the sign. The woman, when the prophet said to her, what do you need? She said, I don't need anything. But the prophet, you know, insisted and the servant said, she has no child. And she got a child. A few lines down in that account, you know, the Bible says the child was with the father in the field. and started shouting, my head, my head. The child got headache. They sent the child to the mother. The child died on the laps of the mother. (laughs) The woman laughed. She said to the husband, if you read that story, she said to the husband, please, darling, can you send me? She didn't add darling, but I know she must have said, say, please, darling, so that the man won't panic. Please, can you send me a donkey and, you know, one of the servants? The man didn't know what was going on. The man sent the donkey. She went on the donkey and started going. As she was going on the journey, they were waiting that we say it is as well. You know where. They say, What is happening? They say, she said it is well. What is happening? It is well. When she saw the man of God, she said, Now you begin this thing. We are not joking in this matter. Do you understand? She got the sign. She knew that there was a miracle that took place. And if a miracle took place, then it can take place. Praise the Lord. She understood it. She knew that I, I, I'm sure she and her husband had given up. We don't know what the condition could have been. Maybe there was no menstruation. Maybe there was no, you know, um, election. You know, I don't know what the problem was. We don't know. But she knew that a miracle had taken place in her life. And when a need for another miracle came, she said it is well. That's a sign. Different from bread. That's a sign. When you get to that point, the devil will give up on you. Because you know this one. Anything you do is testimony. Anything you do, the, the man will take it to share testimony. Praise the Lord. They say, What happened? They say, This happened. And I'm rejoicing because I know that God will turn it. Because you have caught it that your God is almighty. I say it and I say it again. Every believer must settle that you're serving a miracle-working God. We don't seek miracles, but we know. That is a miracle-working God. And he does it in style. As he wishes. We're strengthened in that. So whatever life throws to us, we don't begin to scream. We've seen the sign. We know that God is faithful. We know that God is dependable. Praise the Lord, somebody. Another account in the same case is Elijah. Brethren, Elijah prayed, Fire fell, all of that. He now said to Ahab, Go, eat, drink. For rain has fallen. This is what God told me. At this point, rain will be goes, Go and start celebrating. He said to the servant, Go and check for the rain. The boy went and came back. You know, he didn't even have respect. He said, Nothing. Nothing. Do you understand? Nothing. If he didn't know, you see, who it was that sent him, he would have started sulking. He would have gotten into confusion. Some of us, God has given us an assignment, given us a word, sent us on an error, and at the first resistance, we are asking like John the Baptist, are you the one? This man wasn't going to waste that energy. He said to this young boy, keep going. Keep going. Go again. Go again. That's the language of someone who has known that God will never disappoint him. Go again. You're trusting God for the fruit. Go again. Go again. Go again. Try again. Tomorrow you do. You keep going. Why? Because you know it will happen. When you understand the sign. Praise the Lord. The other level is, until I'm full, I don't believe. Until I'm full. At that level, oh, the enemy can play with you. The enemy can play with you. You don't have to feel. It says, the word which proceeds from my mouth shall not what? Return to me void. It shall accomplish that to which I've sent it. So sometimes, you know... The Bible says Daniel prayed and, you know, some things were happening in the heavenlies. There were delays, but the message was sent. Praise the Lord. So different things might happen, but you settle it. You know whom you are believed. The second thing we take, so we leave John 6 now. And we'll go back to Matthew. Where our Lord Jesus Christ said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I say, Do you not yet understand or remember? Verse 11, it says, How is it you do not understand that I do not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees? What is it about this Pharisees and Sadducees that the Lord was using this situation to highlight to them? We want to pick a bit of it. Because it's very important, like we said, I fear one of the prayers that I began to pray for myself recently is, Lord, let me not be a Pharisee. Praise the Lord. You know, this thing about marking script. It's so easy. We said a few weeks ago here that when you're in a problem or in a situation, cancel yourself. How many of us have people come for cancer? Let me see your hand. People have met you, you know, for advice. And you advise them, Abby. You know the way you advise them. You should also sit down, sit yourself down. Say so. David used to do that. He says so. Uh-huh. Say put your hope in God. Why are you downcast on my soul? Why was, give me the reason. When you converse like that, you see that the devil will flee. But when you just keep it to yourself, and you think the whole world revolves around you. No, cancel yourself. Someone meets you and says, this and this and this happened. What will you say to the person? Say it to yourself. Praise the Lord. So Jesus said, beware the leaven of the Pharisees. We have to be careful. Is there any group of Pharisees in this church now? So it means I could be one. God forbid. It means also, you know, I mean. But who are the Pharisees? What was the 11? The 11 we told was the teaching, the doctrine, the attitude of the Pharisees. One of the things they told us about the Pharisees is that these people were self-righteous. Do we have self-righteous people in church today? People who think they are better than every other person? You know, I think it was the other Sunday where I say, if you're beautiful, you are backsliding in the eyes of some people. You have to go and have an accident and have scar. Huh? How can you be beautiful just like that? Huh? How, can you, how can you have money? For some people, if you're rich, you're a thief. Meanwhile, there are thieves and there are still poor. Do you, understand? you see, these are attitudes. He said we should be careful. He was his disciples he was speaking to. We have to read the Bible and ask the Holy Spirit, turn the light on me. You see, brethren, it's you. You will answer for yourself. I will answer for myself. We all are going to answer for ourselves. Praise God. So, so he said to them, you, you have to be careful about these things. What are they? These they are formalists. They get everything on the outside right. You know why they get everything on the outside right? Do you know why? Very simple. Let me tell you why. Because the Pharisees, they valued the opinions of men. And unfortunately, many of us believers, we value too much the opinions of men. That's why they will get the outside of the cup clean and be drinking dirty water. Why not get the inside clean, even if the outside is dirty? Let people think you're drinking dirty water, but no, you're drinking clean water. They value what men say, what men think. They are so concerned about their reputation, but they forget their character. Every area that men will count, they make sure they count. But they miss the areas that God himself looks at. That's why Lord Jesus Christ said to them, you see to it that you pay tithes of cumin and mint and all of that. Those are some tiny herbs. But the way they are matters of the law, justice, mercy, love. He said in those areas, you don't challenge yourself. Now, let's not forget, nobody's perfect. But you see, as a Christian, you must check yourself. Where do I challenge myself in? That's the key. Where am I pushing to get better? Because the area you don't strive in, You're not progressing in. Am I pushing to get better in outward religion? Am I pushing to get better in my relationship with Christ? Even though people may look at me and not understand. We have somebody in church, you know, who at some point was in the joy force, but came and said, I feel this place where I'm serving. is disturbing my personal relationship. I'm not able to handle the two. I'm seeing myself being more you know, concerned about the outward and the world. Let me take, you know, a bit of a a break so I can address this. And it's very respectable that somebody that will appear and you think you have somebody to lean on. And then you lean on the person, it's like wood that has been eaten by a termite. Everything collapses. Praise the Lord. So the Pharisees, you couldn't follow them on the outside. Didn't they know Jesus was the son of God? They knew, but... uh, he was not buying up their reputation. Our Lord Jesus Christ says, He said, you that receive honor from one another. He said, how, how can you know God? Or how can God reveal himself to you? Now you see what he's saying there. He said, as long as you're looking to receive honor from amongst people, God will despise you. God will know that you don't know, you don't value him. He won't come he won't down in your life. And you know, many of us, they call it all kinds of things, you know, even in ministry. You go for a program, one-hour ministration, the pastor will use 30 minutes to honor people. In that area, I'm failing, you know, because if you give me mic, I will just try small. Because after the meeting, we can be greeting. It's not when time is going that, you know, the Holy Spirit has things to say. Then he starts saying, I want to honor Deacon Topper. There is no deacon like him. I want to honor Deacon Ray you know, there's no deacon like him. He's, uh, you know, when he ministers, I want to honor. Let's have love feast and do that. The word of God, he says the king's business requires what? Feast. You know, I went somewhere. One man came to minister. They took almost 20 minutes to read his uh, resume. And as I was listening, there's no part where they say he shed his blood to wash my sins. Eh? You wrote this book, you wrote that, you traveled to here, you preach in here, you preach in Afghanistan, and then, and then, <laughs> do you understand? But you see, you do those things, and it feels good when they do it for you. You know, they, 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 you just feel like it. But as you're doing it, God, the only one who is honorable, the most excellent one is Jesus. Hear, Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, should you be distressed? No. But let him be gay. You know, let it be gay. Let everybody know who is Baba. Praise the Lord. So the other one is that the Pharisees were hypocrites. And hypocrisy is not very foul. You see, let me tell you the fearful thing about hypocrisy or the worry something about hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is a natural outflow when knowledge comes. Because once you know something and admit that it is correct, if you don't do it, you're a hypocrite. If you're ignorant, you're not a hypocrite because you don't know. But you know many of us know so much already. We know a lot. How many of them do we do? How many of them bothers us that we don't do? That's where the problem is. He says we should be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees. Their cloud, their movement is not disturbed by the things they know they should do that they're not doing. As long as nobody's pointing it out. Come with me to Luke chapter 12. I'll read something for us and we'll pray. Luke 12. I'll read from the message translation. I'll just read one, two, three verses and we'll pray. Luke 12. Let's read together, everybody. By this time, the crowd unwieldy and stepping on each other's toes, numbered into the thousands. But Jesus' primary concern was his disciples. He said to them, watch yourselves carefully so you don't get contaminated with Pharisees, Pharisee funniness, you can't keep your true self hidden forever. Before long, you will be what? Exposed. You can't hide behind a religious mask forever. Sooner or later, the mask will sleep and your true face will be shown. You can't whisper one thing in private and preach the opposite in public. The day is coming when those whispers will be repeated all over town, The Bible said multitudes, we are pressing on them. Jesus said, I'm concerned with my disciples. Headline would have been multitudes from Jesus, and he would develop programs to keep them. But he said, no, I'm concerned about my disciples. Brethren, this thing we're involved in is very deep. I want us to go to the Lord tonight. We've established so many things, almost two different dimensions. God is dependable. God knows what you need. God will meet you at your point of need. God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But this same God is desiring purity in the inward path. Now, if he will do all of that, why shouldn't I be open to him? Why shouldn't I surrender to him? So can we bow our heads and go to him? And say to him, tonight, Lord, I come to you. I want to be who you have said I can be. I make no excuses. Holiness. It will solve every problem, sir. My, it will solve... You see, the, the simplicity of it is that God... That's where he will, that's who his children are. He said, be holy for I am holy. When you are that, he will meet you. It's a sitting down position. It's a place of expectation. It's a place of faith. Brethren, it takes faith to obey God in the secret things. I'm not talking about the outward. Where in the innermost of your being, you surrender to the working of the Spirit. Where God knows that this one, if I don't, he won't. Lord, I come to you tonight. I lift my eyes to you. I lift my heart to you. Lord, let my life, let my life be sweet-smelling in his sense. Let it be sweet-smelling in his sense. Lord, find me, Lord. Find me, Lord. Find me, Lord. I want pure in heart. Pure in spirit. Let my yes be yes. Let my no be known. Lord, you're looking. You're searching. You've made a call. Here I am. Transform me. Change me, Lord. Father, behold your children. You are more than enough. You are more than enough. The sign is that those who look to you will never be put to shame. Those who follow after you will never thirst. You are the living water, you are the bread of life. You are the resurrection and the life. You are the promise of the Father. You are the Redeemer, the Savior, the captain of our salvation. What a privilege we have to be invited by you into closeness, into this relationship. That is the sign that we can follow you and not be fearful what is happening around us. Brother, sister, I want you to tell the Lord, I will follow you. Give me grace. It's not by my might. I will follow you. He said there was a sign. So if I follow you, you take care of me. Lord, I will follow you. As an unmarried sister, as an unmarried man, as an unmarried you know, child, as a father, as a mother, as a businessman, I will follow you. I will follow you. Lord, I will follow you. You are mindful of me. The devil is a liar. He said to somebody, you need to sort out yourself. He said to somebody, you need to be wise. I don't need to be wise. I need to be trusting. I need to be obedient. I need to be patient. I need to be yielded. God is mindful of me. He's already thinking about me. He knows the thoughts that he has towards me. Tell the Lord I will follow you. What you say to me, Lord, I agree. Where you send me, I will go. Will you ask me to sit down, I will sit down. For Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good. He's mindful. The Bible says you do not have a high priest. Who cannot be touched with the feeling of your infirmities? If anything is telling you God is not feeling what you're feeling, the devil is lying to you. Because Jesus knows exactly. He says every tear that is dropping from my eye is being gathered in a verse in heaven. A time is going to come that they're going to gather it. He knows where you are. He's concerned about you, sister. He's concerned about you, brother. Receive grace to follow. Receive grace to follow. The word of the Lord speaking about Caleb said, this one has followed me fully. Lord, I don't want to be half and half. I don't want to be in and out. Lord, I want to follow you fully. I want to follow you fully. I want to follow you fully. This is my desire. To follow after you. because you Because you are good. Because you are good. Because you are good. Because you are good because you are good begin to thank him begin to thank him begin to thank him begin to thank him he's a good, good father he's a good, good father he's a good, good father he loves you sister he loves you brother family of God, he loves you TFC, he loves you the saints of God, he loves you the people of God, God loves you he loves us he loves us he loves us. Father, we worship you. We worship you. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Center, Barnex, Quaringpa Expressway, near Next Kashin Curry, Abuja. For telephone 09 290 or 0703 You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.